Friends, good morning. Happy to have you here with us. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to you, Lou. Lou, can you hear me? Uh-oh. Lou? Uh, keep going. I'm having a little audio problem on my end, but I think okay. we're okay. All right, good, good. So welcome, friends. Uh, today we're going to be doing uh, episode 179. That's chapter 16, verses 10, 11, and 12. Again, with the negative qualities that Krishna is emphasizing over here. And so verse 10 in chapter 16 says, Desires that are difficult to fulfill, insatiable. Such asuras pursue these desires. They are filled with hypocrisy and pretense. They are demanding of respect from others to them and showing false pride and arrogance. Their goals and pursuits are unbecoming to themselves. They adopt false and evil ideas and pursuits of their real purpose in life and they occupy themselves with impure resolve. So, remember we said that asuras or demons are human beings. All of us are human beings. All of us have within us good qualities and bad qualities. If you are filled with more negative qualities, asuric, demonic qualities than good ones, then you are known as an asura. The scriptures refer to people like this as demons, asuras, or rakshasas. An asura or a demonic person is ignorant of Brahman, does not believe in it. These lessons, these valuable lessons that I learned, that I'm passing on to you, that you're learning, their asuras are ignorant of these lessons. They're ignorant of purity, honesty, truthfulness. Such an asura thinks that everything ends here in this world, in this lifetime. They don't know the concept that of karma, that whatever good you do begets good to yourself, either in this lifetime or the next lifetime. They don't know that whatever bad they do produces the same result unto them as in the next lifetime or this lifetime. Such asuras pursue the world purely as objects and beings to give themselves pleasure. Objects to give themselves pleasure, beings to give themselves pleasure. Their search for pleasure of sense objects, sense beings, is endless. It is impossible to fulfill. As the first sentence says, desires that are difficult to fulfill and insatiable. These desires of the asuras, they keep going and multiplying and multiplying. No matter how much they satisfy them, more desires crop up. All that such asuras, such demons, such negative people want to do is acquire and enjoy. Now, because of the term asuras or demons, you may say, yeah, well, it doesn't really apply. I don't know any asuras. I don't know any demons. Demons, asuras don't show up with horns in their heads. They don't look any different than you or I. I could be an asura or a demon. You could be an asura or a demon. Asuras and demons are around us. And in today's world, today's society, there are more demons and asuras than there are godly people. And you'll see as we go along. Because such people, all they want to do is acquire and enjoy. Get, get, get. Even at the expense of the other person. <clears throat> as we've said before, asuric tendencies, demonic tendencies apply not just to human beings, 
but also to cultures, to religions, to countries that just want to acquire from other countries, other cultures. In this deluded, delusional state, such an asura strengthens his negative qualities. The more they try to do this and get away with it, and the more they feel justified in, justified in doing it again, the more it strengthens their own negative qualities. And their qualities of three Sanskrit words here, qualities of hypocrisy in English, dhamba in Sanskrit, pride, which is mana in Sanskrit, and arrogance, which is mada in Sanskrit. He portrays himself, such an asura or demon, portrays himself as greater than he really is. That's hypocrisy. He is conceited. He's arrogant. He's haughty because he thinks that his wealth, his power, his fame, his beauty, his knowledge of things makes him superior to other people. So he not only is he arrogant um, and haughty, he actually expects other people to bow down to him, both physically and figuratively. He entertains evil thoughts and evil ideas of how he can procure or get from other people. Therefore, his actions follow his thoughts and ideas. He is that way. Now, dhamba or hypocrisy means, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, making oneself great in front of others by self-aggrandizement um, through speech, through dress. They may dress you know, as if they're superior to others. They may talk as if they're superior to others. They expect others to bow down to them, to respect them. Mana is the attitude that I am praiseworthy and demand your respect. Give me respect. You can't buy respect. You can only earn respect. And the more you demand respect, the less you're going to get it. Mada is because of some wealth that this person, this asura has accumulated. However, he accumulated it through uh, his parents, his, his family, or because he gained some knowledge. Wealth is only transferred from one person to another. You take it from somewhere else. It doesn't grow on trees. You're taking it from somebody else. Because of some wealth that you've acquired, instead of being grateful that you got that wealth, you become haughty or knowledge or a skill that you have. You compare yourself with others. You find that they lack it and you feel inappropriate pride within yourself. Instead of being grateful and humble that you have it, because you didn't get it, my friend, yourself. You were lucky that you got it because of whatever reason. Such asuras or demons are committed to goals which are unbecoming to them. That's known as asuchi or unclean actions. So they're committed to desires which can never be fulfilled, never satisfied, insatiable. By gaining their desired objects, the desires are there only for more and more or better and better. So because of this insatiable desire, the people engage themselves in various different activities. Whatever it is that their activities are, are to acquire from somebody else. Because of the lack of discrimination, I shouldn't be doing this, I should be doing this, because of that lack, they assign false values and priorities to getting things. And they pursue their activities this way. They even pursue unbecoming activities, asuchi, clean, unclean activities, because 
everything is allowed as long as their end goal is met. So that's the key, that they feel that whatever they do, if they can just get it. And corporations do that. Corporations say, it's okay. You have to have a killer mentality, man, killer mentality. What does that mean? Killer mentality? Kill the other one. Just get it. Just get the, you get the corporate uh, income to go up, the assets to go up. A killer mentality. That is something I've heard over the years many, many times. And it's, it's disturbing that you should think that your corporation has to have a killer mentality, that you have to be a killer. Instead of saying, you know, uh, it's like uh, you see in the supermarkets or advertisements, you see uh, animals being killed or chicken or uh, birds, and it says pure, clean, uh, refreshing, whatever it is, those words that they use. This is coming from a slaughterhouse. You just killed this being and you put it in this bag or cellophane wrap and you say it's pure, it's clean, it's, it's nice, it's healthy. You know, it's a dead corpse, but forgive me. <laughs> Those who are committed, now verse 11 and 12, I'm reading it together. Those who are committed to immeasurable concern until death, who are intent upon enjoyment of objects of desire, who have concluded that, quote, life is this much and who are committed to desire and anger, who are bound by hundreds of fetters of hope, engage themselves for the enjoyment of objects of desire, accumulating wealth in illegit illegitimately. So asuras are bound by bands of hope. They keep hoping for something, wanting something, hundreds and hundreds of bounds of binding hopes that say, if only I get this much money, if only I get this, if only my daughter can get married, if only she gets married into a rich family, if, 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 hundreds of them, they're captured, asuras are captured by their desires and their anger. Because what happens? You have a desire for something, you don't get it, you become angry. So desires and anger go hand in hand. They, the asuras, work hard to obtain hordes of wealth by unjust means just for their pure sensual en enjoyment. This is a key concept. Acquiring wealth, hordes of health, is unfair because such people, they never enjoy the present. Their mind is disturbed by hopes bound for the future. Wealth is really sense objects. So what do you do with wealth? What do you do with money? <clears throat> you exchange it for something that gives you physical or mental pleasure. You cannot, you can only buy that which gives you pleasure through wealth. You cannot buy knowledge. You cannot buy inner peace. You cannot buy happiness other than for the pleasure of those sense objects. So wealth in and of itself, if you just keep going in this route with asuras and demons like thinking, then what happens is society, and the scriptures say this, society becomes uh, disparaged. It becomes into two halves. One part of society gets poorer and poorer and poorer, and a smaller section of society becomes richer and richer and richer. And that uh, uh, leads to other significant problems. So such asuras, no matter how rich they are, they can be a Jeff Bezos, they can be somebody that's very wealthy, they're full of anxieties. 
limitless anxieties, anxieties for getting more, anxieties for losing what they already have. Apply this to yourself. Apply this to people around you that you know, people who are extremely wealthy and yet feel that they don't have enough and they want to make more, they get anxious about it. Such asuras or demons worry about money, objects, loss, gain, health, losing their health, same thing, their kids, etc. All these continue in this anxious way until they die. Even older people on their deathbed, short few weeks, months away from dying, they are still attached to their jewelry, their wealth, their money, their objects, um, and reluctant to let it go. I've seen people who are on their deathbeds. They know they're on hospice, they're dying, and they're worried about bringing their lawyers in and talking to them about their estate and their wills, etc. Such people enjoy sense objects. That alone is foremost above everything, even till their dying day. Their philosophy is that nothing else is important in life. Nothing is there beyond this life, only whatever starts and ends in this lifetime. So take as much as you can get, enjoy as much as you can, and keep trying to get more. They don't see that there's a life beyond this and that they should make efforts to do the right things, to do good things so that they benefit themselves and the world benefits. They're bound, as this verse says, by ropes of hope and greed and hundreds of aspirations, all for sense objects for themselves. That desire leads to anger. Their desire leads them to pursue accumulation of wealth, not for distribution to poor, not for distribution to others, but for themselves. And when they die, they want it to go to their children and to their grandchildren so that they can be wealthy. Whether or not that excess amount of wealth is making them happy or not, anxious or not, they don't even look at. Their focus is purely on the wealth. Recognize that you can have, you can rich people say, I have a garage full of, of cars. Um, I collect cars. Rich people in the Middle East have hundreds of cars, gold cars, silver cars, diamond studded cars but you can only travel in one car. Doesn't matter how many cars you have. You cannot even travel in the whole car. You can travel only in one seat in the car. Same thing with their palaces. They have palaces with 18 bedrooms, 20 bedrooms, huge estates. You can only sleep in one bed and in one bedroom, right? You only have one stomach. You can only eat so much. Beyond that, you can't eat. So what's the point of getting so many bedrooms because you only sleep in one bed. Um, so once you ac accumulate a certain amount of wealth, friends, further amassing of wealth is purely for your ego. You want to get more and more because you want to compare with others to say, he has this much, I have to have that much or more. I, 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 but if you start to think about giving to others, donating, doing charity, putting yourself second, not having selfish reasons, selfish desires, the peace of mind is great. Because otherwise you are an asura, you are a demon, and you will 
suffer with your own anxieties and your own desires right up until your dying, your deathbed, and beyond into the next life. So try and keep these words, these scriptures, these scriptural teachings within yourself. Learn, try and change. You can't change a lot. You can't change completely. But if you try and change a little bit, it will go towards your next life and whatever else you become after that. So friends, thank you. We will continue uh, next time with episode 180, and we'll do chapters, uh, chapter 16, verses 13 and 14. We're getting close to the end of chapter 16. Two more chapters left, 17 and 18, and then we're done. And then we'll do, I think, Lou, what do you think? I think we'll just do a lot of field trips, one after the next. Love it. I love that idea. I'm kind of sad to see this come to an end, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's so many other scriptural talking, thinking, too. The Upanishads are just absolutely mind-blowing because the Gita, people couldn't understand the Upanishads, so that's why Vyasa, Sage Vyasa made the Gita. But if you listen to the Upanishads, it's really mind-blowing. Sorry, you were saying something. Uh, no, I'm just happy to hear that the adventure is going to continue. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> Thanks, Lou. You're my biggest fan. <laughs> I am. I, it's, it's probably true. <laughs> Thank you. Thank all you right. all. We'll see you next time.